Here at Ascent Church, we want to help you explore faith in a fun and authentic atmosphere. We come alongside you to live life to the fullest. Thanks so much for joining us today and know that we are better together. We want to invite you to join us on a Sunday in person. Check us out at ascentchurch.net for all the details. Let's keep the encouragement going all week long. If you haven't done so, let's connect on social media at Ascent Church VA. And if this message encourages you, we would be honored if you would share it or leave us a review. Now, we can't wait to hear from our lead pastor, Thomas Lane. Let's dive in. What we'd like to do, because you might not know this, this is really cool for me. We have hundreds of people every week who join us online on the podcast and YouTube. And I think it's going to be really fun. We're going to start doing this. We're going to start welcoming them. You know, people are sick. People are traveling, especially our military families. Can you welcome them real quick? They're going to hear you. Say what's up to them. We love you. We're thankful for you for joining us. Sometimes people are moving here and so they listen beforehand just to see, okay, this is a good fit. So when they get here, they have a church. That's cool. Some of y'all, you're on the ship. You're somewhere you can't talk about. That's cool. We're just glad you're here with us and we can't wait for you to get back home so we can hang out with you here in person because we're glad you're joining us wherever you are, but it's always, it's always better in person. The community, the fellowship, the donuts. Let's <laughs> jump in Real quick, I'm gonna pray for us because this is heavy and then we'll jump in. God, open our minds and our hearts today. Help us keep an open mind. Illuminate our thinking as we get to this uh, tricky passage and that, um, you know, maybe thoughts or our past is dug up a little bit. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that we can have fun and uh, be silly in church. Thank you for being you and for giving us joy. In your son's name we pray, amen. Y'all ready to jump in? Let's go to Matthew 17, verse one. Someone is clapping for the scripture. Y'all must be excited. I said, Matthew, you're like, oh, that's okay. That's great. I'm excited for Matthew too. Go to Matthew. (laughs) Y'all are crazy. Someone's fist pumping in the back. I could say anything and y'all would probably cheer, but I'm not gonna try that. Okay, okay, Matthew 17, verse one. Matthew is an early account about the life teaching, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Written by one of his closest followers. Can you guess the guy who wrote it? Can you guess his name? Y'all are geniuses. Y'all are so wicked smart. That's it. That's it. His name is Matthew. And he wrote this. Check this out. Matthew 17, 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. This story we're about to read today, we're going to talk about, has all the hallmarks of accurate historical reporting. Um, One of those of an eyewitness account, right, is that there's extra details which do not further the plot. The fact that it was six days later has no significance. It's not a spiritual thing. It's the equivalent of saying, on Thursday, this happened, right? This is not a long time ago in a place far, far away. This is not centuries and centuries later. This story was developing and changing, but they kept the detail it was six days later. It's not important. It's not important. It's not important at all. It's the same as saying, oh, it was, a, it was a Thursday. This is what happened. As we continue to read this, you'll also see the disciples are painted in a pretty negative light. They look like total idiots the whole time, um, which if you're trying to make the case that the disciples fabricated this, lied, made all of it up, um, it, it doesn't make any sense to make yourself look like a total goon the entire time. Um, these are hallmarks that this is actually historically accurate, that this actually happened. So just keep an open mind today. Um, I don't know your background. I don't know if you grew up in church or if you didn't. I don't know if you're charismatic or pentabaptist or Episcopal. 
Pentecostal or whatever you came from. Uh, maybe you've never been to church. Maybe you hate church. Maybe someone dragged you here. They bribed you with brunch. They, barb- they bribed you with a mimosa flight. Um, <laughs> amen. Um, but I think we can all agree on this. No matter where you are on the political spectrum, no matter where you are on the spiritual spectrum, I think we can all agree on this. And what I'm about to say will bring unity and it will bring, it will bring peace and it will bring oneness and togetherness. Wherever you are, we can all agree on this, that cardio sucks. Amen? Amen. We can all agree to that. Jesus had, when you, when you read this story, you're just thinking of Jesus and the followers, but no, no. Gee, look, there's thousands of people with Jesus all the time. Thousands and thousands of people. Thousands. And then he had this tighter group of hundreds, right? Ish, we don't really know. And then there was 12 of his closest followers, the disciples, the 12. He's hanging out with them and he says, all right, boys, we're going to climb the mountain. You three, Peter, James, and John, come with me. We're going to climb the high mountain. Notice Matthew said it was a high mountain. This ain't a little hill. It ain't a bunny slope. It's a high mountain. I feel like the other nine were like, dodged a bullet on that one. We're good. We're going to hang down here in the shade with my igloo cooler while they do the, high, the hard work going on a hike. We're going to hang out down here. Now I'm being silly. I'm being goofy, but let me ask you a real question. I'm going to ask you in the first person because I want you to ask yourself and I'm going to give you a few seconds of silence to process it. Let me ask you, am I allowing God to take me to a place to experience him more fully? Am I, allow, am I allowing God to take me to a place to experience him more fully? Because Jesus wants to take you there. He wants to say, come on, Casey. Come on, Jeremiah. Come on, Laura. Let's go. Let's go up the mountain. Let's have a talk. Let's spend some time together. I want to reveal to you who I really am. I want to show you who I really am and what I can do in your life and in your family's life. But are we content at the bottom of the mountain? Are we just like, y'all go ahead, I'm fine here. I got the shade. I got one of them new foldable chairs from Costco that has a little fridge pack in the back. I'm chilling here. Y'all go ahead up there. I'm content here. Don't for a second think, I really wish I knew God deeper, but he's not doing his part. No, 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 it's on us. See, he wants to take you deeper. He wants to carry you higher. He absolutely does. But some of us, we're content at the base of the mountain. Look at this, verse two. There, Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Jesus reveals who he really is. And for the first time, they see him without a filter. He wants to go deeper, do you? He wants to take you higher, do you? Don't for a second think, I wish I knew God deeper. I wish he would show up. I'm doing my best. I wish he would show up. No, 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 no. We want God to meet us on our own terms. We essentially say, God, I'm going to sit here on the bottom of the mountain. I'm not going to climb with you. I'm not going to spend time with you. But hey, you come to me. And what that looks like in our lives is this. I'm going to do a quiet time. I'm going to sleep through a Wednesday. I'm going to skip church Sunday. But next Thursday, I'm going to give you four minutes, God, from when I wake up, from when my coffee's still hot, from when I'm done looking at Instagram, you got four minutes. From when I'm done Instagram to before either my kid starts screaming or my dog starts barking. That's how much time you have. And we wonder why we don't have intimacy with God. Could you imagine trying that with your spouse? Could you imagine saying, honey, I want to be close. I want to be tight. I want our marriage to be better and stronger and closer. You got four minutes on Thursday. She'd smack you. The couch would be home from here on out. But God's kinder. He's nicer. But that's what we do. We say, no, 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 I'm not willing to go out of my comfort zone. I'm not willing to climb the mountain with you. I'm not willing to spend time with you, but I still want the deepness. I want the intimacy. I want the new heights. God wants to take you deeper. Are you willing to go with him? Are you willing to go with him? Just then, 
there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. The squad is here. Peter said to Jesus, he said, uh, Lord, it's, uh, it's good for us to be here. Peter was kind of an idiot. He would just say weird things at weird times. Is anyone else awkward when you talk? You just say dumb things. Yeah, this is like a holy moment. It's like a really special moment. It's like Jesus is transfigured and then Moses and Elijah appear who were not alive. They, they're talking to Jesus and Peter's like, oh, it's good to be here. <laughs> I like this a lot. <laughs> should have brought some chairs and something to sit in. Maybe we should have brought some, some shade for everybody. We can hang out all day. Oh gosh. Look at this. It's easy to make fun of Peter. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Peter's like, let's make some shelters. Let's spend some time. But Peter's heart is in the right place. He's saying, this is a good place. Let's, let's stay here. He's saying, let's stay here. Let's stay here on the mountain where I'm seeing Jesus as he really is, where I'm close with God. I'm getting new experiences, new freshness, a new, a new perspective. I like that. So Peter's right. Let's stay here. Let's hang out here all day. Let's ride this high. Peter knows what's waiting for him down. He's saying, I don't want to go down to the whiny, annoying crowd that has a bunch of knees. Let's stay up here. This is what we do. We're contrasting our Sunday morning with our Monday morning, right? That's what Peter's doing. He's saying, I like my Sunday morning, so to speak. This is great. This is encouraging and uplifting and rejuvenating. I'm not looking forward to looking at my email inbox. I'm not looking forward to my boss. I'm not looking forward to all this stuff. That's what he's doing. I don't have to deal with my boss here. I don't have to deal with my responsibility here. I don't have to deal with my kids here. I said it. <laughs> don't you lie. Some of y'all rush in and you're like, you just you run into a kids. You're like, just take them. <laughs> you know, I love you. Some of y'all bring your kids in here. I'm not quite sure why, because you just stuffed your kids full of donuts. All right, let someone burn the energy out of them for an hour. Okay. Treat this as a date. Hang out. Hold your wife's hand for the first time all week. Okay, hang out, lean in, learn, grow. Your child is not being challenged in here. They can come here, that's cool, but they're gonna be challenged back there and make friends back there. And did I say burn some energy back there? Okay, and sing some songs. They taught last week, this isn't even in my notes, but I need to shout out A-Kids because I love A-Kids. Can y'all show some love to the A-Kids team? Little T, my man T4, he's three years old. He brought home this sheet and it said, I can help my family. And I said, that's a cool thing. Helen had him doing the dishes, taking out the trash. He was listening. I'm like, you learned this in church? This is awesome, okay? All that being said, all that being said, this should be a rejuvenating time. And Peter's with you. He's like, can we stay here? Can we just stretch this time out just a little bit? Verse five, while he was still speaking, taking it up another notch, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, it's God the, the Father speaking. This is intense. He said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. Remember Peter said that weird thing, that awkward thing? Anyone else say awkward comments? Maybe it's not you. Is it your friend with you or your spouse next to you? You can jab them if that's them. That's cool. Peter's focused on the little details. He's focused on the here and now, immediate needs, but God's trying to show him the big picture. He's trying to show him the big picture. I wanna ask you, are you allowing God to change your perspective? That's one of the main things that worship does. It changes your perspective. A pastor always says this, I love this. He says, look, a change of pace and a change of place leads to a change of perspective. Meaning if you need to rewire your brain, think a little differently, see things differently, you need two things, a change of pace 
and a change of place. And that's what we do every Sunday, a change of pace. You gotta, you gotta slow things down. Be with just Joe alone or with your friends or with your spouse. You gotta be alone to focus. Slow down a little bit. Quit checking your email. Quit looking at this and that. And you gotta have a change of place. You gotta get out of the office, man. Ladies, you gotta get out of the house. You just gotta be out. We gotta be somewhere different. A change of pace and a change of place leads to a change of perspective. That's what happened with them. That's, Jesus could have done, Jesus, Jesus for crying out loud, he could do whatever he wanted, but he said, let's go up the mountain. There's nothing magical about the mountain. God doesn't live up on the mountain, but he had to take them away from the pace. He had to take them away from the place and he changed their perspective forever. And that's what worship is. It really is. That's what we do every single week. I want you to know something that we're better together. Did you know that? We're better together. Now you can listen on the podcast. That's better than nothing. You can watch on YouTube. That's better than nothing. But I want you to know this. We are better together. When you're here using your gift, being in a small group, hanging out, having a blast, that does something so special that listening to worship in your car can't do. That's better than nothing. It is. But be here. Y'all encourage me. I preach better because of you. And I hope to God I encourage you a little bit. I really hope I do, but we're better together. Y'all encourage me to grow, to dig deeper, to climb higher. And I hope I do the exact same thing for you. We're better together. We're better together. Six, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. That's, that's how I act too after I've done some cardio. I understand. Y'all are like, I'm sick of cardio jokes. Can he get to something else? That's the last one, I promise. I absolutely promise I'm not going to do any more. You almost love cardio or something. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Verse seven, but Jesus came and touched them. He said, get up. He said, don't be afraid. Tell your neighbor, don't be afraid. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever thing has overwhelmed you and caused you to look down, immobilized in a heap, Jesus wants to come into your situation, into your family, into your finances, into your workplace, put his hand upon your shoulder and say, don't be afraid. That's what he wants to do. Now notice, this is transfigured Jesus. This isn't carpenter Jesus. This is super Saiyan Jesus. This is glowing Jesus. The nerds know what I'm talking about. Where are my nerds at? We got a few nerds in the house today. I see you nerds. All the cool kids are like, hmm? You should be a little more nerdy. <laughs> so listen, this ain't like carpenter Jesus. This is glowing white light, closed like, a, like just the sun. Jesus comes to them and he says, get up. This might be my favorite verse today. This, I hope it changes someone's life. It rocked my world. Verse eight, when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. I could not think of a better verse to describe what worship is. The ability to no matter what life is throwing at you, how, how much heck your boss, how much just garbage your boss is throwing at you or your finances are getting you or, or your marriage is just a, a really rocky place. The ability to look down from whenever you're at, to lift your eyes and to see no one except Jesus. That's what worship is. That's what worship is. That's a powerful thing. And some of us still haven't tapped into it. No matter what you're facing, you have the ability to look up and see no one except Jesus. No matter if you're worried about, I don't know what step to take. I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what to do. You have the ability to look up 
and to see no one except Jesus. If you are on the brink of losing all hope, know this through worship, you can look up, you can lift your eyes to the gaze of the King and see no one except Jesus. That's what worship is. That's what worship is. And some of y'all know that. That's why some of y'all clapped. Can y'all clap again for that? That's what you need to know. Give them a shout because you have the ability in your car on Sunday morning, even at the gym, if you don't mind, to look past everything that life is throwing at you, to lift your eyes past the storm, past the darkness, past the valleys, and see no one except Jesus. Can you do that today? Can you do that today? That'll change your life. That'll change your perspective. Because some of y'all think you have to be perfect before you've earned it to see him. Sometimes we act like, oh, I got to clean myself up first. I have to have more confidence first. I got to be a better husband first. I got to figure that stuff out first. No, no, no. Right where you are, you can look up and see no one except Jesus. Are you allowing God to take you to a place to see him as he really is? Strip away all your thoughts from Monday. Strip away your grocery list. Strip away that thing that's been bugging you. Strip away the thing that kept you up last night. Strip it all away. Forget it all just for a second. There's nothing like worship. There's nothing like stopping. There's nothing like coming together. There's nothing like lifting our hands, lifting our eyes, and seeing no one except Jesus. That's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do when we go back into worship today. I want you to try it. You've never tried it before. Try it today. Try it today. Y'all, this is a mountaintop experience. If Sunday morning, so to speak, they climb the mountain, they're having a blast. Don't forget the steps. Jesus is transfigured before him. That would have been enough. Then Moses and Elijah show up. The boys are hanging out, chilling. That's pretty cool too. Then God the Father shows up. He starts speaking to them. This is incredible. But here's what I wanted to tell you today. You always have to come down the mountain. You always have to come down the mountain. Peter was right. You thought he was an idiot. I kind of did too. He's like, let's just camp out. Let's stay here. Let's stretch this out. Can't we just worship all day? Can't we just sing all day? You always have to come down the mountain. You always have to snap back into reality, so to speak. Peter knew what was waiting for him. Here's what was waiting for them. Verse 14, when they came to the crowd, which by many estimations is in the thousands, and each had a need, right? When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Did you notice a change in the mood right quick? Did you feel that? There's frustration, there's fear, there's uncertainty, there's confusion. There may be some finger pointing. You couldn't heal him. You didn't do enough. They couldn't heal him. Can you do it? There's just so much tension and sickness and pain and uncertainty. No wonder why Peter said, can we just stay up here? Let's talk about the Monday morning tension going from the high of Sunday to maybe the low of Monday. I call it the holy hangover. (laughs) It's not the kind of hangover some of you might have right now. I'm not mad at you. I'm glad you're here. Kudos to you. Maybe that's why you're sitting in the back. I don't know. I'm just glad you're here. But I'm not talking about that kind of hangover. I'm talking about the holy hangover, right? A new high, you're lifting your hands, you're singing, you're encouraged, you're seeing everyone, seeing your family, seeing your group, seeing your team, right? Seeing life change, this deep connection with God. That's a great place to be. But then Monday comes, you walk down the mountain, so to speak, back to Monday, back to your email inbox, back to the nine to five, back to the grind, 
back to Karen and accounting, talking some more smack, right? Back to all that. You're like, can we just go back up the mountain? Some of you moms know what I'm talking about. You've heard this question 30 times about every single day. What are we doing today? What are we doing today? What are we doing today? I'm bored. What are we doing today? I gave you 30 popsicles already. We already been to the aquarium and the water park and the other park and you watched the movie. What do you mean? What are we doing today? That's how you feel. You're like, can we go back to Sunday? Can we go back to Sunday? I get what Peter was at, man. He's not crazy. He was just being straight up honest. That's what we ask. Can we just go back up the mountain? Can we just go back up the mountain? Sometimes we get frustrated. It's true. We say, God, why did you let this valley happen? Because sometimes, and I'm describing some of y'all, either now or in the past, is this. You had the spiritual high. You're back in church, back connected. Or maybe you're in church for the first time and maybe you're in a group or maybe you're on a team and you feel close to God for the first time and maybe you're getting baptized or you're, or you're dedicating your child and you're having a blast and there's this closeness and this power and this intimacy and you're riding high, baby. You're on this mountain. And then you get sick. Or then you lose your job. Or then something awful happens and you're like, why did, God, why did this happen? God, you just carried me up the mountain. You're sovereign, you're God. Why why did you carry me up the mountain and then lead me to a valley? What are you doing? I wanna tell you something. I hope it changes your perspective. I hope it encourages you. I hope it opens your eyes because you need to know this. He might show you the mountain to prepare you for what lies in the valley. He knows the valley's there. He knows that temptation's there, that darkness is there, that stress is there. He may intentionally carry you up the mountain so you can see him as he really is before you head into the valley. Do you feel what I'm saying? Are y'all with me today? God prepares our hearts. That's why you had that spiritual high before you got the bad news. God knew a valley was coming. He knew it was coming. He strategically carried you up the mountain before he let you walk into the valley so you could carry the memory of the mountain into the shadow of the valley. Some of y'all, I hope a light bulb is going off right now. You're like, so that's why that happened. So that's why my life is going like this. So that's why I keep going through that struggle. He carried you up the mountain so you could see him for who he really is that he is good, that he is God, that he is kind, that he does have a plan and a purpose and that he has not abandoned you in the valley. Can you praise him on the mountain? Can you praise him in the valley? Can you do it? This is a new perspective for someone today because listen, he's not abandoned you. He was preparing you the whole time. That's why you got in that group at that right time. That's why you, you gave your life to Jesus at that time. That's why you signed up to get baptized at that time because the valley was coming. He might show you the mountain to prepare you for what lies in the valley. 17, you unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus is really nice here. He's very tender, tender Jesus. Yikes. That's a little brutal, ain't it? A little savage. Jesus, thank you for those kind words. At first, I was like, okay, settle down. That's a little much. But when I got thinking about it, I don't want this to dishearten you. I want this to encourage you. Because at first, Jesus sounds like he's making a generalization about an entire generation. Have you ever had someone come to you, if you're a millennial, and say, oh, millennials, all you have golden doodles? (laughs) Who has a golden doodle? I need to know. 
asking for a friend. We got They're embarrassed to lift their hands. Be a millennial. Be proud of your labradoodle, whatever you got. Who here has essential oils? I knew it. I knew it. You ever ask someone for a Tylenol and they're like, I have this, this oil that would really work. I don't want that. I want ibuprofen. Hit me with your witchcraft. I don't think Jesus is looking at a generation and making assumptions. I think he's in a weird way trying to encourage us. Hear me out. It's not just me. He's saying the whole generation struggles to believe. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, it's not just you. If you struggle to believe, if you struggle to have faith, especially in the valley, it's not just you. It's all of us. It's the whole generation. It's not like the disciples had a really strong faith, but this dad whose son is sick doesn't. It's the whole generation. It's all of us. We're all in the same boat. We all have doubts. We all struggle. We all screw up. We all drop the ball. It's every single one of us. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? He knows he's not gonna be here forever. Bring the boy to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and they asked, why couldn't we drive it out? That's a good question. Some of us come to Jesus in private and we gotta do it. We gotta say, hey, why can I not, why can I not break through in that area? Why can, I find, why can I not find freedom in this? Why can I not forgive that person? Why can I not move past that negative thought pattern? Why couldn't I do it? Jesus has an answer for us, 20. He replied, because you have so little faith. Ouch. <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, the mountain they just walked down, by the way, the high mountain, do you remember that one? Move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I came to tell you today, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. I don't think Jesus is trying to beat you into the dirt. I think he's trying to encourage you because it doesn't take much. It is not the size of your faith but the object of your faith that can move mountains. Here's what you need to know. A small faith in Jesus Christ has more power than a big faith in anything else that this world has to offer. And that is what you need to understand today. I wanna ask you, I had to ask you, what are you trusting in? Because so many times we hear that, we just trust in ourselves more. We feel like I need to try harder. I need to pray more. I need to go to church more. I need to read more. If I only said more prayers, I'd have the faith. If I only did this, I'd have the faith. We're putting it more on ourselves. We're actually walking away from God and putting it on my back, saying if I just tried harder, but that makes me the instrument of my salvation. It doesn't take much. I wanna ask you, what are you trusting in? It's not the size of your faith. It doesn't take much, a mustard seed. He literally found the smallest thing they could think of and said, that's how much you need. He didn't say, oh, when you hit this threshold, then things will turn around, baby. No, 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 it's not about the size of it. It's about the object of it. What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in him? Are you trusting in him? We're about to sing this song again. I wanna speak these words over you. Look, look what we're gonna sing. Do you feel the meaning here? I will praise you on the mountain. I will praise you in the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys all the same. I'm gonna praise you on the mountaintop when I'm seeing who you really are, when I'm seeing you face to face. I'm gonna praise you in the valley when nothing's working, when everyone's casting blame, when everyone's frustrated and aggravated and annoyed, I'm gonna praise you there too. Because he is no less God within the shadows.
He's no less faithful when the night leads me astray. God, you're the heaven where my heart is in the highlands and the heartache all the same. He is no less God on the mountain than he is in the valley. He's no less good. He's no less faithful. He's no less pure. He's no less true when you're in that valley. Some of y'all are there right now. You think he's abandoned you. You think he's walked away. You think he's not as good or true, as faithful as he once was. That's why he's going to take you up on the mountain to show you who he really is. So when you're in the valley, you know he's no less God within the valley. We're going to sing this. And at this point, I want you to lift your hands. Whatever I walk through, wherever I am, your name can move mountains wherever I stand. Do you believe that today? Do you believe when you feel really, really close to God, his name can move mountains? Do you believe if he feels a million miles away, you're not even sure if he's real, do you still believe he's the same God and he can still move mountains? Do you believe that today? Listen, church, we're gonna do something different today. As we close, I want you to stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. If you're able across the room, please stand to your feet. I wanna encourage you with something. This is Matthew's version. Mark tells a different version of the story. And Mark has this little detail that I love, that encouraged me. And I wanna speak it over you as well as we head into a place of worship. I hope we can posture our hearts in a position of worship today. Here's what Mark said. Mark includes this detail. Remember, Jesus said, it doesn't take much. Just a little bit of faith. And some of y'all are thinking, I don't even have that to fight for my marriage, to pray for that healing, to hope that things are gonna get better one day. This is what the boy's father said, Mark 9, 24. Jesus said, it doesn't take much. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. Another version of the scripture says, help me overcome my unbelief. I could not think of a better picture of worship than those words. I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, Jesus, I'm trying, but help my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. That's what I want you to do when we sing. Do you see those words he used? He cried out. That's what worship is, crying out in desperation. Help me overcome my unbelief. When we worship, we are crying out, I believe. Jesus, help my unbelief. God, help me move the mountains. I think they're too big. I think they're too scary. I think they're always gonna be there. God, help me move forward. Help me go through this wherever I find myself. And the highs are in the lows. I'm gonna seek him. And you can be real with God. That's what he's inviting us to do. He's inviting us to cry out. He's inviting us to lift our hands and say, I don't have the faith. Help me have the faith. I don't believe. Help me have the belief. These words we're about to sing, and I want them to pierce our hearts. If ever I walk through the valley of death, I'll sing through the shadows my song of ascent. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for showing us the valley is not forever. If ever I walk through the valley of death, I will sing through the shadows my song of ascent. I'm gonna keep singing. I'm gonna keep praising. I know it's not forever. I know this is just temporary. Father God, thank you for showing us that you are no less God within the shadows. Thank you for carrying us to the mountaintop 
to show us who you are, to reveal your true self, so that when we head down into the valley, we can carry the memory of the mountain into the shadow of the valley. Some of us, God, right now, we are in the shadow of the valley. God, speak to our hearts, pierce them clear and cold who you really are, that you do love us, that you are God, that you are good, that you have a plan for each and every one of us. Father God, we love you. And we sing to you, the only one who can move the mountains. In your son's name, amen. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like to learn more about who we are, visit our website, ascentchurch.net. We hope you can join us for a Sunday soon.